Hawks Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Say it with your chest. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. Time to talk that talk, whatever you say, Moya. Say it with your chest, okay? You want me to start or you want to start? Well, why don't you ask the question and then... Oh, yeah, that's... All right. Do you want me to ask the question, the first question, or do you want to? Yeah, we talked about that in the break. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, no, I'm Stick to the script, Bump, <laughs> is what he's saying. Stick to the script. All right, here's my question for you, Moya. Russell Wilson is the most irreplaceable quarterback in the NFL. So, in other words, by the definition, he is the most viable player to his football team across the league. He is. Uh, a couple of reasons why. One, we're finding out right now what it's like without him. But I think the biggest reason why is it's what he does in the final two minutes of the half and at the end of the game. And it's the way our philosophy is in a game. We don't blow a lot of teams out. You know, We're not taking those chances uh, along the way where maybe a backup quarterback can come in and, and do some things as well. So you've got to have a quarterback who can close the deal on this team. And Russell's the best in the business. He's proven that. Uh, look, there's Aaron Rodgers. There's Tom Brady. You lose your starting stud quarterback, they're all going to take a hit. But I truly believe there's no more important person at quarterback for a team than Russell Wilson to the Seattle Seahawks. I feel what you're saying, but I'm going to go with the obvious. I'm going to say, no, it's Tom Brady. And I'm going to say no because of who's behind him. Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Griffin, Kyle Trask. If Tom Brady goes out, even with all the weapons that they have on offense, I don't see this team doing what they're doing. Tom Brady's 21 touchdowns, three interceptions, 2,200 yards. I mean, this guy is doing it all at his age. I think if you put any other quarterback in there, any other backup, they don't even have the chance at the end of the game to win like the Hawks have had. Uh, yeah, I'd push back on that. It- do you think their roster is better than the Seahawks roster? That's a good question. Let me look at it real quick. All right, so when we talk about these stats, let's go start at the running back position. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. I'll take Chris Carson over both those guys. Not Chris, a healthy Chris, Chris Carson. Right now, but I'll okay. take him. Healthy Chris Carson. All right. I take him. All right. You got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. That's a nice one-two punch right there. I think that one-two punch is just as good as the Seahawks one-two punch. Defensively, Devin White, really good linebacker. Mm. Levante David, another really good linebacker. You know what? <sighs> I'd probably take their roster. Well, let me look at their because st- of defense. Because of defense. They're ranked ninth defensively right now. They're ranked number one at rushing yards a game. They're number three in rushing yards average. Offensively, they're ranked number two in the league. They're number six when it comes to total yards passing. They're seven. Sorry, let me get my rushing average. Rushing average, they're, they're 17. Uh, n- nothing great. Still a little bit higher than, than ours, I believe. We're right around the same. I, I just think they have a better nucleus. I think if you put a serviceable quarterback there, um, they they haven't had to. They All the free agents that they came from a losing team yeah. and picks – they're just in a better position to win with, I don't think, a great quarterback. The Seahawks, remember, we haven't had a losing record in 10 years. We haven't drafted 
in the top 15. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have the same type of team as others do. So that's my point. Russell is winning. He can win with any team. You know what I say to that argument? Mm. 1-0 Moyer. Oh, you like got that. that one. I'll give you that one. That's the first time you've ever done that. Hey, you did it once. I did it once. Now we're <laughs> even. <laughs> All right. Well, if the Seahawks 2-5, and five, and we now have a 17-game schedule, will a 10-win team make the playoffs in 2021? Because it almost always does in the past. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I think we've seen nine-win teams make it with a 16-game schedule. I don't know the numbers. I haven't looked across the league and say, well, this team is here. And if you, according to my calculations, if through this week, Moyer, I don't do those things, okay? I'm just going to keep the simple math and say, okay, at a 16 game, uh, a nine-win team got in. 17 means, of course, a 10-win team's going to get in. Your thoughts? I don't think so this year. No. Because uh, it is. It's a bit like a nine-win team, and it, it happens. Um, there's at times there's eight-win teams, but it's usually from a division, not a wild-card team. I'm just looking right now at what we have. Now, in fact, let me let me pull up the actual playoff piece where the Seahawks are. The Seahawks, well, forget the Seahawks. We'll just say ten wins. Right now, New Orleans is at four and two. They're the sixth spot in the, the, the that playoff deal. You also got... Minnesota three and three. Atlanta three and ah, three. It's tight. Ten wins could do it, but you got the Rams who are six and one. Cowboys five and one. Green Bay six and one. Tampa Bay six and one. Arizona seven and zero. Oh. That looks like they're going to go probably to seven and one. Green Bay is going to go to seven and one. Tampa Bay is going to probably win. They're going to go to seven and one. I still think it's going to take 11 wins, which means the Seahawks can win, lose one more game. One more game. That's why this week's critical. We got the bye week. I'm looking what's out there. We're going to have to go crazy. Got to play and, Arizona twice. Now, in your case, they could lose twice. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We're going to have to go on a run no matter what. Let's go. Hold on a minute. I'm telling you guys, you guys are both wrong because a 9-8 <laughs> and eight team will make the playoffs. No. It's the haves and the haves-nots. I'm telling you. All right, after the top six with that seven seed, the Minnesota is a seven seed right now, and they're 3-3. Three and three. I'm telling you, I think it's not crazy to think a 9-8 and eight team makes the playoffs in the NFC. We will revisit this in Week 17. If a 9-8 and eight team does not make the playoffs, it's been deleted. Drinks on ass if, if a 9 and 8 team doesn't. It makes make a good it. point. The have and have not. There's a lot of one loss teams in the NFC. And uh-huh. he's right. I mean, if we had a one last week, we'd have been one game back in the playoff hunt. Now we're two. It's going to be tough for us. I think that 10 you've wins been, is you've doable. You've been persuaded. You've been persuaded. By I still think it's going to be 11, Chelsea. but NASA made me question myself. Okay. All right. My question to you Shane Waldron will be a better coach at the end of the year. Because Russell Wilson was injured, I think the answer is yes to that, and and partly is the pressure for him right now without Russell, and you know to make the right calls and working with Pete on finding ways to win. This again, all I ever hear is statistics. Well, we got to run the ball more. We got to throw the ball more. I didn't like that call. I didn't like this call. Shane, okay, I, to me it's a, a joke. You don't go in the game thinking, how can we find a, a way to get 400 yards of total offense? Maybe we got to find a way to get to 20 points or 17. Our defense can shut these guys down. We can't turn the ball over. We got to make sure that we play some field position and punt. All everybody else sees is, oh, here we go. We're punting again. 
Well, you know what? That may be the best way at times to win a game. Yeah. So I think he's going to be better for going through this adversity. And then it gets Russell back. I just hope we start hitting on all cylinders. We talked about Penny. You know, I, I hope he busts one for 60 yards and 20 yards. And all of a sudden his chest starts to, to pop up. So, um, so I say, I say yes. You say yes. I say, of course he is. You, you should get better during hard times. You're working with a different caliber type of quarterback. It's forcing you to be more creative or more thoughtful when it comes to your play calling. You don't have your running back as well. I know we're focusing on Russell Wilson, but you also don't have your starting running back. I mean, the game is harder, so you have to adjust as a coach. What did Pete Carroll say? Man, I've been here for a long time because I've had Russell for a long time. If Pete Carroll doesn't have, doesn't have Russell Wilson, he's probably not here 10 years. So with Shane Waldron not having the best quarterback in franchise history, yeah, would you agree to that, Moyer? Yeah. Best quarterback in franchise history? Oh, yeah. Of course he's going to he's gonna be better because he's had to adjust his play calling. He wasn't going into the season thinking the guy who played 140-something consecutive games, Nass? Yeah, it was a lot. I think it's I think it's more than that. I think it's 145 at least. Let me yeah. look it up. So, of course, he didn't go into the season thinking he wasn't going to have that guy, so he's had to adjust. Waldron will be a better coach because of this. All right? And by the way, every head coach other than one that I know of would have been fired a long time ago. Bill <laughs> Belichick would have been fired a long time ago if no Tom Brady. I, you, the list goes on. Now, there's only one head coach, and it's Joe Gibbs, who won with three different quarterbacks. Mm. And I don't know if any of them are – I don't think any of them are in the Hall of Fame. That is impressive. Everybody else has had that from Bill Walsh to Pittsburgh's dynasty run to the Cowboys. They've all had that great Hall of Fame quarterback. There you go. 149 games consecutive is what Russell Wilson played in. Okay, when we return, we'll go inside the film room. Geno Smith, 84-yard touchdown to DK. You got Jordan Brooks saving a touchdown. And Jameis Winston doing what he does, finding Alvin Kamara. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live, we all the way live on Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Thanks for joining us. It's time to go inside the film room. Moyer and I watch a lot of film. I, I man, with, After coaching and playing, I mean, the eye in the sky never lies for the most part, unless you just don't know what you're looking at. And sometimes we just don't know what these guys are doing on offense or on defense because we're not in the, in the coaching room with them. We can only go off of our experiences. But I like to say better, more than not, we're right. Well, I, we make assumptions. I mean, there's times where I, I look at a defense and I go, are they playing zone there and man there? And that's possible. But it looks sometimes like maybe someone's dropped something. Yeah. So Now we're right. We are. <laughs> okay. We're always right. We're always right. All right, the first play we're going to dissect. Geno Smith finds DK Metcalf for an 84-yard touchdown. Play fake. This time he's going to let it fly downfield. Reaching up, making the catch. It's Metcalf. He could go. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Seahawks. 84 yards, the defender fell down, and Geno Smith threw a shot to number 14 down the right sidelines. He jumps, makes the catch, nobody is near him, and he was off to the races like the Olympic sprint trials. He's downfield, beating Lattimore for six. The Seattle Seahawks on top, 6 nothing. Now, I think Gino knew where he was going the whole time. He goes, look, man, that looks like man coverage on the outside to my boy DK. 
Um, the safety started at kind of a too high look. They rotate. Safety comes down. Other safety rolls to the middle of the field. Looks like the second level, they're sharing the backer. So if Alex Collins were to go to the right, one guy to get him, they go to the left. Other guy would get him. What DK does here is he shows how strong he is, Moyer, because the release isn't great, right? He gets an outside release, but Lattimore gets his hands on him, and DK even stumbles a little bit about three or four steps into his route. He's just running a goal route. What's good about this is that he goes wide and stays away from the safety. Now, Lattimore is doing what most corners do. They're pulling at your jersey. They're pulling at your hands. They're trying to get you to chicken fight. My coach used to say, don't chicken fight with him. That's what they want. So Lattimore is trying to chicken fight with him, get his hands active. He's actually pulling on DK Metcalf, and Metcalf just yanks his arm away. And in real time, it looked like DK stiff-armed the man to the ground. And I'm like, I don't know how he got away with that. But that's not true. When you get closer, you see Lattimore's pulling on him. DK yanks his arm away. And now Geno Smith just fires a dart. I mean, it's in the perfect position. All DK has to do is turn his hands over, and he's there. Now the safety takes a horrible angle. DK gives him just a, a little bit of hezzy, doop-doop, sideline. And now once he gets past you, not too many guys are catching this guy. So one, good body control by DK. And two, Gino, way to just take a shot. Because before this game, we're saying, look, Gino, need to take a couple shots down the field, need explosive plays. After this play, man, I thought, okay, Hawks are going to get on a roll. Yeah, I thought so too. And I wish we – and he did take a couple more shots. It was the next quarter uh, where he, he had uh, Tyler Lockett down the, the left sideline, and he made a great throw. He just didn't, didn't make the catch. And, and you're right on this. This is really good coverage. I mean, you know, this was a battle all day, and there's no question, you know, DK got in uh, in Latimer's head on, particularly after this play, and then the very next series, that's when uh, uh, he got the, the personal fouls. But he did not pull him down. I'm talking about DK. I yeah. thought the same thing. I go, wow, you know, it looked like he pulled him down. It was offensive interference. No, and Latimer, a lot of times corners will do that. They'll, they'll clamp down with their elbow. And they'll clamp down on the arm. And all uh, DK did on that, he just pulled it away. And in that, this case, you know, Latimer ended up uh, falling down. It was a bad angle, as you mentioned, uh, by the safety. But, look, th- the moral of the story is take more shots downfield with DK. Mm-hmm. I, if the worst thing that's going to happen is a, a incomplete. But the best thing is a touchdown or a catch or a pass interference we just have to take more calculated shots downfield. We have to make some easy scores. That was the only one we had all day. Yeah. That was our only touchdown. And then when you take those shots, receivers come up with the football. Because this is the NFL. And we, we talked about it during the game. There wasn't a lot of space between these receivers and that same secondary. No. So when you have the opportunity, man, you go up and get that thing. Okay, next play. Jordan Brooks saves a touchdown on third and goal. Camaro wide on the left side. Looking inside the ball is hitting the end zone and knocked down. Jumping up to knock it down is Jordan Brooks. He was about four yards deep as Jameis Winston was looking to throw the ball behind him, and Brooks leaps and slaps it down, and here comes the field goal team on for the Saints. Yeah, it's a good thing Brooks was there. Uh, we, we talked going into this game that Jameis Winston – is, wants to throw you interceptions. Mm-hmm. This is one of those. This is such a reckless throw. He doesn't. He doesn't see anything. What's going on the backside with the defense? Um, you know, Jamal Adams is back there as well. They're they're running a crossing route, and 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 we we do a pretty good job of exchanging positions uh, on the under underneath coverage. But Jameis just throws this one up. If if, if Brooks gets just a little more depth, 
if Jamal didn't slide with the crossing route that he didn't really need to initially, that's an easy pick. Yeah. And again, I used to love playing guys like Jameis because I'd bait him. I you, <laughs> you think it's there, it ain't there. And uh you know, again, nice play by Brooks. He's got he's getting a better and better feel for zone defense and uh uh, you know, again, in his second year, never really had an opportunity in college. I think he's going to be pretty good at this. Yeah, what I like about this Moyer is that there's a crossing route in front of him. He respects it. He slides to the right a bit, but then he looks at the quarterback's eyes and goes, look, he's not going there. There's something going on behind me. He just feels it, and he stops. And Jameis Winston throwing off of his back foot, this should have been one of those interceptions right here. I think if Jordan Brooks does not make this play, this is probably a touchdown. Looks like Jamal Adams is a little late reacting to that. But, yeah. So nice to be young, to react, and jump up, get off the ground quickly, pat the ball down. I mean, Father Time's on his side. Making plays. Yeah. Your playmakers making plays really, and we've heard this a million times, it, it, it helps with any type of deficiencies you may have. There's usually a bust in zones somewhere along the way mm-hmm. unless someone makes a great play and, and bails people out. This was a great bit play by Jordan Brooks. Good play by the youngster. Okay, the last play, Jameis Winston finds Alvin Kamara for a 31-yard gain. Winston, three-step drop, looks, dumps it over the middle. Kamara on the run. He's crossing the field, down to the 40, down to the 30. And he just literally outran the defender. Ryan Neal was trying to cover a man-to-man. Everybody else cleared out, and Kamara with a 31-yard gain. Yeah, the, the, one, the thing they heard on this is it's the final two minutes. You know, and you just can't give up chunk yards in the final two minutes. You can give up eight yards, nine yards. I mean, it's rarely enough time for you to drive all the way down. We're playing what we would call a two-man. We've got two safeties deep. Uh, Everybody else is supposed to be man-to-man. Underneath looks like inside technique, inside technique. And in this case, uh, again, you know, Ryan Neal's got Kamara. That's a tough Matchup, yeah. Kamara, cool. actually, I, I I keep saying Kamara. It's Kamara. What do I say? Do I Kamara. say Kamara? I do too. But really? it, when I looked at the guide and I heard Rabel, I said, "Okay, I'm saying it All wrong." Right. Kamara. I guess. Kamara. Okay, I'm with you. Um, he set him up. He 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 was in the backfield. And one of the things we always teach a linebacker, a nickel, anybody who's got a back out of it, watch the angle route. That's where they set you up. You know, like they're going to go outside, and all of a sudden they angle it back inside. And two man, you got no help inside. You've got to use help outside, and that's the sideline. Let him go to the flat. I'm okay with that. Um, so he just gets beat. He's not great technique. It's actually a perfect call versus two-man. One of the concerns with two-man is somebody getting beat inside on a runaway because there's no help along the way. Um, and in this case, he, he makes a big play, and they end up kicking. Uh, well, actually, they end up scoring on this drive. What's tough about this is that there are a few concepts where Kamara – goes to the flat and they just dump it like they'll even fake the fake the play the run play to that side and he'll hit the flat so i'm sure neil has seen this on film he goes okay i gotta get outside i gotta get outside but james winston was going nowhere else with this football he saw man everyone's just running goes he knows i got a matchup right here i'm gonna hit my guy in stride and that drive leading to the touchdown before half was the touchdown before half before touchdown. half they scored yep. i mean that's all they did Dump, dump it to the flat, anger out. Dump it to the flat, anger out. So that's a it's a tough call or a tough ask for Ryan Neal to cover this guy. But you're right. If you're if anything, man, collision him inside and, and make him work. That's like a free release. You give that dude a free release, man. He's gonna eat you a lot. 
Just, again, sometimes you get beat by a better player, but a faster guy, quicker. I mean, two man against. I don't. Again, coaches, sorry. They didn't have any wide receivers. When you have great wide receivers outside and in the slot, you play two man. Yeah. Right? You could bump and run, force them outside to the sideline. You got a great running back, two man. I don't love it. I'd rather play what I call the old cover eleven. That's where I'm going to play him head up. And we and by the way, we did this in the second half. Where now Brooks or that guy said, "Go ahead and beat me on the angle," and Bobby Wagner was waiting for him inside. Yep. And then again, if he runs across from route, you take him, and I'll come into the middle and rob along the way. With this offense, I would like to see more of that because Kamara was the—he's the guy. I mean, he had eight catches in the first half, only two two in the second half. They made a really good adjustment in the second half. Yep. Game is all about adjustments. They did that in the second half against Kamara is his name. Thank you, Paul Moyer, for that. Okay, when we return, we will go around the NFL. ESPN personality Mina Kimes has harsh words for the Seahawks. And Mike Tomlin ain't got no time for questions regarding USC. All that and more next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumas with Paul Moyer. You have a thriller going on Thursday night football. Looks like the Green Bay Packers just sealed the deal against the Arizona Cardinals, giving them their first loft. Kyler Murray limping off the field. Not a good sight. You turn the ball over three times like the Cardinals have. You're probably not going to win that ball game. Big turnover at the end of that game, Moyer. Well, he, he the way he landed on his knee, and, you know, I'm worried more like a hip. You know, a bunch of things there. I mean, I'm hoping he's he's good. Yeah. But if he's gone, we can have the discussion again next week. Who's more valuable? Who's more valuable? Russell or (laughs) or Kyler? I mean, he's pretty good. He made some great plays. But wow, what a unbelievable interception to end that game. Yeah, great interception. Aaron Rodgers to celebrate. Okay, let's get back to some Seahawks football. ESPN personality and Seahawks super fan Mina Kimes has some harsh words to say about Pete Carroll and the Seahawks this year. She was asked if the Seahawks should move on from Pete Carroll. Here's her answer. I think that unless there's some dramatic changes, it has to be on the table. And that's hard for me to say. I think Pete Carroll is a tremendous leader, clearly beloved by his players, one of the most successful coaches in Seattle sports history, frankly. But, uh, you know, I've watched every decision he's made as the Seahawks coach. And there's been too many bad ones, too many issues with clock management. I'm talking recent years, uh, too many punts in opponents' territory, too much conservative play calling. Back that, that includes when Russell Wilson was the quarterback. And this is not a reaction to last night, but you can point to last night and say, well, Geno Smith's not a good quarterback, hence some of the decisions to run the ball. I, I don't care if it's Geno Ariema under center. You don't run the ball into the teeth of the Saints' defense over and over and over and expect a different result. They faced 11 eight-man boxes. They ran into nine of them for one yards per carry. I think what we're seeing right now is that Russell Wilson, as Pete Carroll kind of admitted there, covered up for a lot of the issues uh, in Seattle for a long time. Obviously, the defense hasn't been good for a long time. And, yeah, the head coach does need to be held accountable. Strong words before you get at her, Moyer, before you get at her. Stephen Smith says, hey, pump the brakes. The last three years, he went to the playoffs three years ago with 10 wins. Went to the playoffs two years ago with 11. Went to the playoffs last year with 12. And we're looking at him and saying, well, you know what? I don't know. I mean, it might be time. I mean, wait a minute now. Well, he just took my argument. There you go. 
Um, so here's my issue with her argument. She said things have to change. I'd like to know what things have to change. He's the he's beloved by his players. Oh, so what needs to change? I've seen too many things where he's made bad mistakes. Wow, if he was a good coach, what would their record be? Because they haven't had a losing record in 10 years. And as Stephen A. just mentioned, I was throwing out, if you had a new head coach and he went 9-7, and 10-6, and 11-5, and 12-4, are you looking to make a change the next year? No. Because she's saying that. She, and I'm go, So if he was a good coach, are we going 15 wins? I just the, the argument is is really strange to me, and there's no question without Russell, any team without their main quarterback is not going to be as good. And Peter said that. Look, without Russell, I'm probably not here as long. I'm probably we're not going to be as consistent winning. And he's speaking the truth. Let's right. talk about the great great head coaches in the league the past 15 years: Mike Tomlin, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, yep. Belichick, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes. Like, you need a quarterback to be successful. We talked before this. There's only a few teams who have done it without a really good quarterback, but what what do they, what do they usually have? Great defense. A great defense. We talk about Brad Johnson with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Back then, the Bucs were considered one of the best defenses of all time. Trent Dilfer with the Baltimore Ravens. Back then, that defense is still considered one of the greatest defenses of all time. So I think her argument is a response off of what she's seen for this year. You got a quarterback. Geno Smith. I mean. We'll I, get rid of Pete. I love Geno. We, we need to make change unless there's drastic change. I just want to know, well, what do you mean drastic changes? I, so with Russell out, be more aggressive. And and here's my probably my biggest, I don't know if it's arguments the right word, but um, you can fire Pete if you don't believe in his philosophy. You can't fire him for not being a great coach because he's a great coach. Yeah. I mean. All they've done is one. And if you're going to fire on his philosophy, all they've done is one with that philosophy. <laughs> now, I, we, you and I could push back. No, they need to throw it more. We need to give it, let Russell do more. Uh, maybe the way we draft things. That, that's a philosophy. But you cannot tell me this philosophy hasn't been wildly successful. Yeah. And, and now I, we don't have Russell, and we're learning what life is like without a guy who's made every snap for the last 10 And years. I don't mind them running the ball a lot against the Saints. What do you have? You have a backward quarterback. So you prefer that you put the, the game in a Geno Smith's hand and say, look, we're going to throw the ball 35, 40 times. You win it for us. Yes, I know you have 30 touchdowns and 37 interceptions in this league. You haven't been a starter in four or five years. But you go ahead and win this for us. I, just, I disagree with that. I think she sounds like a lot of the Twitter world when they just want to react, just react, react. Yeah. And, yeah, they, are they but not they, allowed to have a down year? They're down. Every team has had a down year but the Seahawks. Even Tampa Bay, when the, you know they, they've had some down years, usually when Tom was hurt, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, when he finally left, they didn't make the playoffs. Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. What did I say? Tampa Bay. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, New England. Um, everybody's taken a step back. Green Bay's taken a step back. Pittsburgh's taken a step back. Everybody's gone through it. We're in a salary cap world. The Seahawks have a quarterback on a, one of the highest paid contracts in the league and are still finding ways to win. So I'm going to throw it back to one of her arguments I get. Something's got to change. Uh, he, he's too conservative. Okay, so you were fine running the football against New, or New Orleans. Yeah. Me too. So let's look at when we've had to put the weight of the world on Geno. 
and it's been the last drive against the Rams. I don't really think that was his fault, but it was an interception. We had a chance against Pittsburgh. We fumbled the football in overtime. Last week, we didn't. We got sacked three times in a row, I think, uh, or actually two or three times in the last drive. So when we put it on his shoulders, I don't want to go there. No. I want him to have an opportunity to be successful. Let's run it. Let's play action. Let's take some shots downfield every once in a while. It's okay to punt. Particularly in you know this game coming up as well, so I I just don't get her argument. You got to use all your weapons, and Gino's not your biggest weapon right now. He's no. not. He's a band aid right now. Band aid, let it heal, and then once it heal, Russell Wilson's gonna come back. And I'm just gonna say this out to you, twelves out there. Y'all are spoiled, man. Y'all are spoiled. When I played back in my day, when I played, <laughs> we were four and twelve. Okay, like those are some dark years. Don't don't forget where you've come from. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be discouraged. Man, This they're 2-5. and five. We're not used to this. They're supposed to be Super Bowl contenders this year. I get all of that. But to say because they're 2-5, and five, you want to get rid of the coach that changed this franchise who doesn't have his franchise player is ridiculous to me. Let them play, play the contract out. Now, if they go two or three more seasons, 2-5, and five, and they got Russell Wilson, then you talk about it. But right now, he it's his red shirt. He, he's old one. Well, hold on a minute. You want some more context? Let's look at the San Francisco 49ers. Since Pete Mm. has been there, the 49ers have been really good, really bad, really good. looks like they're bad again in that same time frame. The Arizona Cardinals have been bad, good, bad, and back to good. The Rams have been really bad. Then they got good kind of in between. So every team in the NFC West has taken a turn being good, bad, and good, and then bad again, while the Seahawks have remained consistent every single year. So how on earth can we really (laughs) say something about Pete? It just it makes no sense. Blows my mind. You know, the other thing is, if you really want to do this kind of right, I've argued this, do you want to be that team like San Francisco that maybe every five years has a chance to go to a Super Bowl and then they're sub 500. And the only way that you can really make a, ch- a run usually at Super Bowls, you got to take a step back. You know, we got to lose. We got to get some draft picks. You know, we got to get rid of some salary cap, bring some youth in. CX have never had to do that and still are Super Bowl contenders. And I still think you get Russell back. Got to win this week. Yeah. Got to get the bye. We got to get Russell back. Um, if we can find a way to get the playoffs, I do believe we have enough talent to do it. Man, we, we have a chance to surprise a lot of people. It's just it's unfortunate we're two and five. We're just not used to it. And here's the thing. Changes need to be made. Changes are always made during the offseason. Personnel changes. There's always some coaching changes. There are some philosophy changes when he when Pete gets with his coaching staff. I think people want drastic changes right now, especially when it comes to personnel and coaching. What is that going to do? I don't think that helps your team right now. You're in the middle of a football season. You just got to ride this thing out. You got unfortunate circumstances. You're experimenting with DBs. Um, your linebacker core is getting is aging a little bit. You got your your franchise quarterback is out. Your starting running back is out. Like if everyone's healthy, then I don't think that this team is two and five. Uh, but I understand their frustration. It's okay to be frustrated, but let's be realistic. Pete Carroll is is supposed to be here and will be here. Yeah, if this was twenty years ago without Twitter, we're not even having this conversation. You just come off a twelve and four year at eleven, and I mean, all you've done, you, 
nine, 10, 10 11, 11, 12, 12. wins. Come you're on. not, no one's jumping on them. They're just like, Hey, what are we going to do in the draft coming up? What do we do with free agency? And here's the other thing for all you 12s out there. We have a boatload of money for next year, mm. a boatload to go after free agents. So, um, I, I'm not giving up on the season yet. Um, I won't, but, uh, We'll we'll see. This team has a way of making magic happen when you don't think it's going to happen. Hey, let's start this Sunday, 105 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, when we return, we'll give you our final thoughts and keys to victory right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Last segment of Hawks Live of Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We got a Look at these Jacksonville Jaguars. Moyer, like I mentioned, they're number 15 overall on offense, 10 running the ball, 19 pass offense. Defensively, it's uh, it's the starter from the bottoms we still hear. We got the 31 ranked, 31st ranked Seahawks and the 30th ranked Jaguars going at it. So safe to say, whichever defense performs the best, I'm going to win this ball game. Yeah, I like our... I like our defense way better than theirs. Uh, I mean, they're struggling. They got Miles Jack still there, I think, and then they got um, you know Shaq Griffin over. But you know, Shaq's not a playmaker. He's a good corner. He's a good cover guy. But I'd take shots on him. He, he's not an intercept. You know, he's, he doesn't he doesn't have great ball skills uh, there. So I would take some shots there. Who's got a better quarterback? You know, they're probably even right now. Even I though I think so. Lawrence. It, the upside's there. Yeah. He runs the ball pretty well, and he's he's probably more of a um, free slinger. You know, that not, not as worried about interceptions. He does have eight interceptions. I think seven touchdowns. Quarterback rating seventy five. The scary part is it's the in between. He actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, can he score in the red zone? Does he protect the football? They can run the football, so we're going to have to shore up there. It'll be a tough game. It's probably going to come down the fourth quarter. I hate to say it. <laughs> and, you know, we need Geno to step up if that's the case. Seahawks lead the series 5-3. to three. The last time they played was in 2017. Hawks lost 30-24. to 24, But I believe, I believe that year the Jags had a good team and went to the AFC championship game. It was with Ramsey and all those boys. Blake Bortles was that quarterback, I believe, that Leonard Fournette running the football. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? And that was my first time on the, uh, the postgame show was, uh, was that loss. Was uh, you said it was seventeen? Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, I remember that game. Um, they had a fantastic defense that year. I mean, they were young, they were fast. I remember you, know, Miles Jack, who went to Bellevue. I mean, he was getting a lot of pub at that time. They fell off the cliff. Yeah, uh, that is the. And again, for all you twelves out there, <laughs> I mean, they were the young up and coming team and fell off the cliff. Became horrible. All the Seahawks do is they just keep winning. Well, and steady. again, we'll see what happens when this one's all said and done. But uh, it, it'll be a tough game. They're, 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 they've got a lot of new faces there. They've got, you know, again, eight, nine guys who are Seattle Seahawks as coaches, administration players. Um, so it'll be a fun little reunion. Uh, the Seahawks need to win this one. It's just, I, I don't even want to say they're going to. They need to win. They need to win it. And I think it starts with stopping James Robinson. He has 460 yards, five touchdowns, averaging 5.5 a carry. That is impressive. I watch this guy on film. He's slippery. I mean, he understands. He lets he lets his big boys work for him. You know, you watch running backs and they're just they're so quick to hit it. He was like, "Look, man, we got a, we got a GT pull right here, buddy. <laughs> you got to let these big boys get in front of you and let them do their job." And I see this guy. This is second year in the league. Last year, he rushed for over a thousand yards. He's patient and he knows when to hit it when it's time to go. Then on the outside. 
You got Marvin Jones out of Cal, big yeah. play receiver. You have LaVisca Sinault, who was a good kid out of Colorado. There are some weapons there. The Hawks have done a good job keeping things in front of them the last two games. I think that's going to be important this week. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones, I mean, I thought he was, well, historically more of a possession guy um, along the way. So I got my my other ones here. I'm going to pull that up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Penny averages 5.1 yards in his career. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm hoping this is the week. He's, he feels healthy. We had him on earlier. He feels confident. I think he feels comfortable in where he is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about injuries. It's never, it's never been about talent. The guy's had a lot of success. Um, so, you know, again, they got some guys, you know, but we, we got some guys too. It's just time for us to play a game where our biggest players really dominate. I'm, I, need, I need Bobby Wagner to really go play like the New, England, the New Orleans uh, linebacker last week, Davis. I mean, just take over a game in the fourth quarter. I need Jamal Adams to take over a game. You're big. I need DK to take over. Tyler Lockett's been quiet the last mm-hmm. two or three weeks. Two receptions last game. Yeah, that's you know. I, look, we're gonna have to take some shots. I'm I'm okay with if you if if people do what New Orleans does, and that was they they clamped down on all of our short stuff and said well, we're gonna play over the top at times, either single safety or sometimes cover two. We got to find a way still to take that ball vertical. You know, if they're gonna take away the short stuff, then go over the top of it, and that's okay to punt. You know who's been shining though, man? Quandre Diggs. Yeah, he's I mean he, good. he's flying downhill, making tackles. He plays with that speed and intensity that we hoped that that second level would, and other guys would as well. So if they have, they want to follow anybody, follow Quandre, yes. man. He's been the most consistent player probably on this team all season. We're not calling his name because of a busted player or not. He's he, he's been solid. He's he's like him. He's like the lineman of the defense. Like he just does his job and. No one really says anything about it. You know, Sunday we – this one's weird because we don't really have a halfway point to the season anymore um, because of the odd game of 17. But we usually have our, you know, MVPs, you know, going into the bye week, and this will be kind of like the halfway, the old one. I, I Quandre Diggs was, is no question my MVP on defense. Yeah. He's been the most consistent. I mean, what he did to Kamara, the way he tackled him in the open field when no one could – that was really impressive. Offense MVP. Oh, I'd, I'd probably DK. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyler started off so early. I mean, I, he was running away with the yards and touchdowns. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's got to be DK at this point. I mean, is there anybody else? No, nah, I would say DK. And then special teams, I go Ballor. Yeah, Ballor has been so. Yeah, Ballor has been doing his thing. Yeah, it, yeah, God, special teams. Look, kickers. We we we. Need con- a little more consistency out of both of them, too. And special teams is critical. Field, mm, position. field position is critical. We cannot start the ball inside the 10-yard line. And we've got to pin them inside the 10-yard Yeah, line. give Gino a short field. I'm yeah. not sure how many short fields he has to do it. I think they had one last week, They uh, but they ended up not getting any yards and just got a field goal out of it. I think if you give Gino 50 to 60 yards to play with, uh, you're gonna his success rate should go up. Yeah, last week um, I, I pulled this up. They they were about six yards better in their starting field position. And I'm going to grab this. This is really good radio as I do this. Um, we started on our own 24-yard line. They started on their 30-yard line. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, some of those, again, I'd like to see more the median than the, where the average is. Some of those when we start inside the 10-yard line, 15. We had the one where it was an 84-yard you know, touchdown. It yeah. was really about the 15-yard line, but they move it up. 
uh, to round it up to 16, I guess. Uh, you know, we made a big play there, but now we're just not built to go 10 plays, 90 yards. That's just not our offense. Big plays. We need big plays, man. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. Special thanks to Rashad Penny and John Clayton for joining the show. Our board operator, DJ Wilder, and our executive producer, Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show was live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumbles with Paul Murray. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.